Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So this is the first time ever, Cody Heidsmith, because we have two Codys, Cody Alaska, Cody Heidsmith. The roundup typically has one guest. Right, and we got that typically agrees with what I say all the time. <laughs> ne- never, right? never. I have multiple never. data points to prove that the guests normally agree with me. Mm-hmm. But today we have three guests. Holy smokes, it's overloading the Squadcast system. All of which are committed to agree with the things I say. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. No, we are um, actually. It's it's a phenomenal roundup because it's it's going to be of a topic that is um, in the news right now. It's something that we wanted to focus on, and um, we wanted to bring the who's who um, to bear that want to discuss the topic, that have the information about the topic. And so we'll start with uh, Alaska Cody McLaughlin. Welcome to the roundup. You've been on the roundup before. You were the instigator behind pulling this whole troop together. Um, thank you for doing it. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us. Um, I thought it was an important 
topic. Uh, one that's also very near and dear to my heart because, um, as Brian well knows, he and I have been uh, talking about this via text message, phone call, Zoom call, court case, and everything else for for the better part of five years now. <laughs> so it's it's cool to really add a capstone to it. And I thought Blood Origins was a good platform to do it. 100%. 100%. We appreciate you thinking about us. Um, and we brought the who's who to bear. Uh, actually, we brought the real who's who to bear, Maria Davidson, because we thought Ben Cassidy was going to be an appropriate individual for this cause. But thankfully, he had a little bit more sense about him. And he said, no, I need to bring the real expert to the table. Right? And we kicked Ben to the curb, or at least to Panama. Hell yeah, we did. That's right. He texted me, goes, but I still, I want to come back on the podcast. I was like, mm, I don't know, buddy. Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe. Exactly. Uh, Maria, give us a little introduction to who you are and who you work for and, and what you do there. So my name is Maria Davidson. I'm the Large Carnivore Program Manager for Safari Club International Foundation. I've been here for not quite a year now. I come from Louisiana. I was the Bear Program Manager for the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries for ooh, 28 years. So Amazing. yeah, uh, the black bear management is near and dear to my heart. So yeah, this is this is a great topic. I'm pretty excited to jump in. Uh, Alaska, McLaughlin, who who are you representing? I know you had an acronym that you were representing. I don't know if you were still affiliated there or um, – and Brian Lynn is is trying to think through what that acronym is as I so see I him. So I used to be the um, vice president and the comms manager for the um, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance, which is you know very similar to Sportsman's Alliance but on the state level. Um, okay. And um, I am no longer affiliated with those guys in any official sense. I left the board and joined the – board of their sister organization in Alaska um, since moving here. But uh, yeah, being on the front lines of this stuff, I've still maintained pretty close contacts with those guys. Fantastic. Fantastic. And last but certainly not least, we've had him uh, engaged with us a couple of times before. We've, we've developed a really strong relationship with him and the Sportsman's Alliance uh, ever since Blood Origins um, essentially was thinking about issues as Brian Lynn. Welcome, Brian Lynn. Great to be here. Thank you. Just for those of echo Cody, echo Cody, that it's nice to be here under these circumstances for a change. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a a winning discussion. Well, we think it's a winning discussion. I don't know if we should be counting our chickens before they hatch. Um, but Brian, let me give us a little no, bit. There's uh, breaking news. They actually voted on it today. It is official. The bear hunt is back in New Jersey, December fifth through the tenth of 2022 oh holy wow. smokes alaska with breaking news cody heidsmith yeah thank god for the internet or he wouldn't know anything way the hell up there but yeah it's uh and <laughs> good uh good breaking news too it's uh kind of a uh this is a cool one for me real just real quick to hit on because the, this is kind of a uh for us at Blood Origins, it's kind of been a full circle thing. We we have a couple of pretty good podcast discussions about the stupidity of this bear hunt going away when it did that are that are in our archives. Um, and uh, it's a cool thing. You know, we talked about 
you can go back and listen to our podcast where we talked about the negative effects and the fact that the that of what would happen if they did this and then they didn't listen to us and they did it and then those things happened we weren't not like blood origins had some psychic ball everyone knew what was going to happen if you if you took these steps um and now it's come full circle so this is a really cool one for me i i like this uh i like having a win that we uh all of us in the hunting industry said this was a bad idea. This is what's going to happen. That's what happened. And uh, amazingly enough, people came to their senses. I, I honestly, and we put a talking head out in, I think it was August of 21 or something like that. That was like, this is the craziest thing that we've ever heard of. Um, fulfilling an election promise saying, I'm going to do it because that's what I promised I would do. And Brian Lynn what, what sort of give us the lay of the land now, right? Give us, can you give us a sort of succinct synopsis of like what happened and where we are today? Yeah, no, like Cody said, we've been fighting this for like five years. What we is this? On... People, we, we've been talking like everyone knows what this is, but what is this? Uh, the New Jersey bear hunt. They, uh, it's always been a highly contentious issue going back to Chris Christie and before that. He, uh, Christie ran and saying he'd bring the bear hunt back. It was canceled. The, the Democratic governor before him canceled it. He brought it back. And then when uh, Murphy came in, he campaigned on the appealing to that radical animal rights, you know, contingency that's in Jersey. I lived in Jersey when I worked at Outdoor Life magazine. I lived there and commuted. And I mean, it's Princeton, New Jersey has the highest, uh, uh, deer population there is. PETA's run uh, birth control experiments there and stuff, which all failed miserably. Um, but they have this very strong political vein of anti-hunting, you know, on animal rights. And so Phil Murphy campaigned on the promise that he would end the bear hunt again. And he came into office. He ended the bear hunt. Sportsman's Alliance, SCI, and NJOA. We sued, went to court with them. We put a bear expert on the stand. I was just pulling up the archive to look at it to refresh my memory. For three days, he presented testimony saying, you've wiped out the gains that were made by having the hunt under Chris Christie, keeping the population in check. We've already seen rises in human wildlife conflict. And in two years, you're going to see exponentially more conflict. Almost to the day, that is what happened. We've seen a two to 500%, depending which category you're looking at, rise in human conflicts. I think it's 237% increase in dangerous human wildlife conflicts, attacks, entering homes, things like that. Um, and so, I mean, even, even earlier this summer, Phil Murphy was saying he was sticking with the non-lethal method and was going to dedicate more funding something like three million more dollars of the of the budget to non-lethal means of controlling this population fast forward to last week he admitted defeat he called no <laughs> no moss can't be done and now as cody said they've uh, reinstituted the hunt what did they maria go what ahead, they, go ahead brian and and what well, all three of you really who are because we're I'm very much on the periphery of this and don't know what is Murphy? What do the people if, if we were sitting at a dinner 
with someone who was a politician, Murphy, for example, and I said to them, why don't you want, why did you get rid of the bear hunt? I try very hard to give people with opposing opinions a chance, like a chance, right? Like I I genuinely want to know why you think this way. What is their rationale that they think makes sense? It's not population, right? Like no one can make that argument. What, why, why are they against it? Is it just straight? Don't, we don't want to hurt the bears. Is that all they can give us? In the conversations that I have with, with anti-hunters, you know, bears are low hanging fruit and, and they relate more to bears than they do to service hands down. And they absolutely do not want to see bears shot. They, they see them more as a warm, cuddly thing. They want bear populations managed at an individual level. Um, you know, I, I've had these conversations now for a career, actually, now. And I, it amazed me. I used to think that they would stand to reason when I presented them with facts, indisputable facts that were something they could not argue against. It was just black and white. This will happen at this level, you know, but that's not actually what happened. They don't want facts because they are, they are speaking out of emotion, not factual basis, which is why I stand by, you know, wildlife needs to be managed by sound scientific data by wildlife managers, period. Not from the state capitol, not from the ballot box, by wildlife managers based on sound science, and that's it. Because, you know, everybody has different emotional attachments to different things, and if you try to manage populations based on individuals, this is basically what you end up with. And and you know, I, I never could get to, why do you want to stop the hunt? Well, they just don't want to see bears shot at all. Not about populate, the population of bears. They don't seem to be able to wrap their head around wildlife managers manage populations of animals. They don't want to hear it. They don't even grasp that whole thing. That's it comes down to it. It's all. almost... It's, a, it's an ideology, and it's almost borderline religion. Like, facts it, don't matter. This is what not I even, believe. It's not even borderline at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You know, right no, now, I, I live super close to Jackson, Wyoming. I live in Pinedale, Wyoming now. And those people are now really, really following. There's tons of Facebook pages on, on grizzly bears, which is a totally different thing. But it is the same thing. It is the exact same thing. They make celebrities of very individual bears. It's a it's a it's a weird human concept about individuality of animals instead of populations. And they don't get that as wildlife managers, we are not in the business of managing individuals. We are managing whole populations 
of animals. But Brian, you know, there's something to be said, you know, and you've been in these discussions, you've been in these, uh, yeah, discussions is the right term, Vatya, where you, you place ecological wildlife biology up against social science. And social science is tied with perceptions and so social science is tied with feelings. And this is what I believe is the, the right path forward. And it's not something we can ignore because we've seen it, 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 it happen with grizzlies in British Columbia. We're seeing it right now unfold as we speak in Washington state with black bears in the spring bear hunt. So how do we, how do we cross that divide, Brian, of what Maria just said? Here, we've got all the facts. We've got all the data. We've got all the ecology, but it's just not transcending through to that social science, social perception of bear hunting, essentially. Wow. Well, uh, could you pick a bigger, harder question? <laughs> this is, like you said, this is social science, you know, and it gets into bigger issues, bigger uh societal issues, the breakdown of the rural urban voting blocks, uh, how people interact and manage wildlife. I mean, it's been a traditionalist model where people understood this stuff. And now as there's more and more people disconnected, it's becoming more of this, what they call mutualist, where we're all part of this big ecological web. We're all, you know, one thing. Actually, I wouldn't I call... say mutualist. I would say exclusionary, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, but it's, it's a bigger societal issue that we have to figure out an answer for because they're, the other side is just capitalizing on this. I mean, we had the wildlife society meeting here in Spokane last week and I that was, was a big just going to say that perfect example. <laughs> yeah. And so here we have these groups who are trying to break the model and to use this, they, they, they brought up this exact topic. One guy sat there and talked about values. And we can have competing values and blah, blah, blah. And they try to say inclusivity, except when they are in control, the hunter, the sportsman's voice is excluded, as we've seen in Washington with the bear situation. They're putting their values ahead of ours, but it is a great PR move. And, and so much of the people, you know, believe it. I call it the Disneyfication of wildlife. You know, they give these individual personalities to people in the media latches onto that and that's their lead to stories. And so that's going to be a huge issue. It's not going away, you know, and a lot of times it's hard to say facts don't matter these days, but the proof is in the pudding too. We can point at it and go Jersey, a devout follower of this, you know, principle just had to admit failure because of conflict, because of debt. I like to say everywhere these things are instituted, Destruction, disease, debt, and death follow. And that's played out so far here in Washington State, California, New Jersey. Everywhere these politicians adopt this principle, that's what follows. Don't you think that that's, that that's unfortunately the – I mean, I think the answer – I think you're right that it's a very complicated topic, Brian. I think the answer of how it gets fixed is actually pretty simple, that we're just going to have to ride it out, right? I mean, I mean California has – it, I, I'll say right now on a recorded platform in five years, California is going to have to change something about mountain lions, right? In five years, the Diane's country up there is going to have to do something 
I don't, I'm not saying guaranteed they'll go to hunting grizzlies, but they're going to have to do something, right? It's going to get to the point that, that really devout, dedicated governors that are ran on this platform are going to have to admit they're wrong. We're going to have to ride out the science proving itself out in some of these locations. And unfortunately, the bad things that we all said are going to happen will happen, just like New Jersey. They're already happening. You can look at at mountain lion conflicts and grizzly bear conflicts, and sooner or later, there's a breaking point where even the governor of New Jersey will go, ah, I think I was wrong about this. It sucks that you have to go through everything to get to it and that they wouldn't just listen in the beginning to sensible people who are a part of it on a daily basis. But I think that's the only answer. The, the, the diehard ones are not going to change their mind until a catastrophe happens, you know, or, or, or bad things happen. Um, well, and in this case, multiple tragedies happened. Uh, the, so six months after the initial report about how the governor, uh, the governor's ban was going to spike dangerous category one bear complaints even more, uh, the New Jersey experienced its first mauling, which was a man being mauled in his own garage while trying to grab a beer. That guy needed 30 stitches on his face. And then we heard from the governor's office that they thought that that was a one shot that, you know, that the guy maybe might've done something wrong, yada, yada. And then now we're seeing people being attacked when they're walking their dog, people being attacked when they're, um, uh, when they're going to their mailbox, you know, I mean, the attacks this year alone have been, you know, four or five attacks on just suburban pedestrians, not, and that's to say nothing about all the goats, all the chickens, all the, um, all the cattle up in northwestern New Jersey that are being killed by these bears. Maria, from a biology perspective, New Jersey has the highest, as I understood, the highest density of black bears in the country. That's correct. Is is there a reason for that? Is it just because of a, a an intense urban-rural interface in terms of food and, and prey base or whatnot? You know, Black bears are opportunistic, you know, and they take advantage of whatever food source is there. It's all about, it's all about the food. You know, it's, it's a matter of calories on the landscape. And when there are an abundant amount of calories on the landscape, the females are going to produce more cubs. They are going to raise more cubs, you know, into adulthood. And so there's going to be more bears. And, and it's really just all about how many calories are out there. And when there are bears that are living right next door to residential areas, it's amazing how many calories are out there in our garbage cans. You know, mm. we've seen time and again, conflict bears tend to be, you know, New North Carolina is a great example of that. You know, there was a, there were, um, an Asheville study where we were looking at those those urban bears, you know, just two-year-old bears that were significantly bigger. You know, you were thinking you were looking at three and four-year-old bears, and they were two-year-olds. They're just raised on pizza crust and fried chicken. They're just significantly <laughs> bigger. Bears are all about the calories. And and so when, when you're looking at, at, at truly, you know, wilderness bears that are, are lean and mean and much smaller than their urban counterparts, that's why they're not getting that calorie load. So that bio biologically, that's why. 
But back to that that discussion we were having before, I think it's I think it's going to take even more than that. At some point, beyond just looking at the facts, we're going to have to have a very hard discussion. Hunting is not unethical, and it's not amoral. And until we stand up and say that, and continue to say it, and everybody says it, whether they want to hear it or not, I, I, I think we need to stand by our, our guns, literally, and say it is not unethical, and it is not amoral, and it is our right to be able to hunt. And we, oh, by the way, we're the original conservationists, and we continue to be the original conservationists. I think that that also has to be part of those discussions. But I think I think those societal issues are not going to go away. The Wildlife Society meeting is a good example of that. I was part of the um, human bear conflict workshop that we just had in Tahoe. They were there too. You know, when I started working here in Wyoming, it is quite evident that there are a lot of anti-hunting groups that are working in the human bear conflict space. They are not working there for you know, just grins. They are there for a reason. They are interweaving that anti-hunting message into everything that they do. You know, so I think it, it behooves us to acknowledge that and pay attention to it and and make sure that we are there as well and 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 working in that space and, and you know making our message known as well. You know, bears are not always easy to live with. That's just mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, and I don't want to be overly optimistic, um, but do you, do you see some of that? I feel like I see it changing to some extent. I feel like I was at, here's a, I'll make this quick. Robbie's going to get nervous that I'm going to jump on a, on a, on the podium here. I was at a murder mystery. Well, you're not drinking. You're not drinking agave. It's too early in, right, the, in right. the day so for you to drink to right now. So I'm, I'm not too worried. Uh, Maria, yeah. I also need to apologize. I called you Diane a second ago because my aunt Diane sent me a Facebook message that popped up on my screen. It was in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I missed I mean, it. I'm sorry. I did, though. But I was at a murder mystery party this weekend. Oh, yeah, Lord. Yeah. Here we and, go. And um, with a group of my wife's coworkers and their friends. Um, from kind of Boulder, Denver folks, um, who I will tell you, if we were just going to be shallow and judge people by their age group, their profession, and maybe their appearance, of course, we were all dressed up for the, in costume for this thing. It was ridiculous, but it was, it was a lot of fun, but, and someone asked me, someone knew that my wife and I had gone to Africa to hunt. Someone asked me about it and there was one, um, woman there from the United Kingdom who you could see her getting red in the face and then she couldn't hold it in any longer. Right. Um, about, yeah, about, about hunt, Africa specifically and came at me. Um, I very much like my mindset was, I really don't even want to do this here with my wife's coworkers and their friends. So I kind of just settled in um, I, I don't always do that. Sometimes I can take a pretty strong stance. It was amazing how the people around me, who only one of which turns out was a, was a hunter, but five of the six people sitting with me, all just in a very calm and, and thoughtful way, um, explained 
the good in legal eth ethical hunting even in Africa. And these these were not people I knew, right? These were not people that know that I that about blood origins. I don't even think probably. Um, I'd never met any of these people in my life except for one. Um, I see it happening. I see not not on a large scale, and I'm not trying to say like there's nothing to worry about. All of us can just stop doing our jobs. Brian and Maria, you know, it's time to stop worrying about it. I'm not saying that. There's still a very, very large <laughs> still a still a huge anti-hunting push out there, but I do see people starting to realize um the good that comes from it, the fact that it's not unethical, it's not amoral, that legal hunting, um, you know, and then you just look at the examples of, of how bear populations are doing in states where they're hunted, right? Where they're managed and lethal means is, is a part of that management plan. I, so I, I'm an eternal optimist, I suppose, but I do see that happening. And then when you have, the governor of New Jersey, Eat Crow, um, that to me is a big sign that, uh, you know, that, that the science is right and that people, there, there may be a chance for more people to realize that moving forward and it's maybe already happening. Well, and let's back up for a second and acknowledge that, that the governor of New Jersey, right, one of the most anti-hunting governors in America, um, a like a vicious opponent of the bear hunt since before he got elected, never wavered on the issue. I, man, as much as I really don't like the guy because we butted heads for you know the first five years of his tenure while I still lived there, um, I really have to take a moment and eat crow myself and give it to him. It took him a while and several attacks and a couple of dead dogs and you know something like. 72 stitches across four people. Um, but he finally caved and, and, you know, swallowed his pride. And that's something that you don't see in a lot of, a lot of elected officials. A lot of times they're going to say, well, you know, my power base, like no hunter's ever going to vote for Murphy, not because of this, not because of any reason, because they know he's anti-hunting. Right. Um, so he, he didn't do this to gain support for an election because he's turned out anyway. Um, he did it because, you know, it was indisputably the right thing to do. Um, and that's, you know, that's something to be commended for sure. Definitely. I agree. Yeah, reversing course is, is a hard thing to do. Admitting you're wrong is a hard thing to do. And as much as it sucks, that's the process working, right? Like that's, that's, that's uh, what all of us know, that we've got to take the lumps um, the, 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 the hunters of New Jersey had to go a couple of years without being able to hunt bears for the, for the process and the system to work. I guess I just have enough faith in, in this crazy country of ours that I do think that, you know, even the states that seem to be the, the, the New Jersey decision, the things that we've seen in the past couple of years in California, what's happening now in Washington. Um, I believe if we ride those out, that the science will prove itself out and we'll end up. Um, that's why this New Jersey thing is so exciting to me, right? Like, like it, it sucked, but it worked. The system worked. I hope you're the right. The system worked. The science proved itself out. Um, and, uh, you know, a, 
uh, and it wasn't some barroom discussion where we talked an anti-hunter into understanding a little bit more. It was the damn most powerful politician in New Jersey admitted he was wrong in reverse course. Um, so I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to be overly optimistic, but I do see some cool things happening and, and uh, really different groups of people is a great thing. You know, just just different demographic and ge- geography, different demographics and geography kind of coming together that wasn't really happening 20 years ago. You know, I mean, not that not that anyone was really excluding anyone, but people of all all shapes and sizes coming together to uh, fight for the right thing. I think the, the Colorado attempt at banning cats was a great thing where a whole bunch of people from really drastically different kind of backgrounds and past came together. So again, I'm not trying to, I'd sound like I'm trying to make the world rainbows and unicorns, but. I love those conversations. I love those conversations that take place in bars or whatever. Like I I can have those and get points across. The problem becomes when you start getting back to the social science and the social structures, We've done polling in Maine and other places where we run ballot initiatives. And you can ask a person, who do you trust to make the decisions for wildlife management? And they'll say the game wardens, the, the biologists. And then you turn and say, well, should we ban bear hunting because it's because of this? And they'll say yes. Even though the biologist says no, they'll say yes. That's a, So they will flip. That's a fake, People don't know. That's a fake news issue. And that, that's another thing that we have to continually to deal continue to deal with is – no, no, that's polling. That's polling. Our polling no, no, when we're running a ballot. I'm sorry, I'm not saying which message. I'm but, not saying your information was fake news. I'm saying those people's yeah. opinions were affected by fake news, in my opinion. And they're, they're they're getting information from HSUS or PETA or Defenders of Wildlife that is untrue, that is not scientifically yeah. backed. And then I firmly believe that if we could go into those Facebook pages about grizzly bears that Maria was talking about. I think there's people behind those, right? I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to put my tinfoil hat on, but I bet you could track that back to an organization that found a bear and named it, right? And and those are, that's that's another thing we have to just, con- and we're always going to have to do that. We're always going to have to combat um, fake news or, or uh, biased, non-scientific information being put out, um, especially about, you know, large carnivores. It's just holy crap. They can really make us all love a grizzly bear right before it eats a bicyclist in the behind the fire station in town, you know? And that that's what that is to me. I, I, I firmly believe it's not the people, it's the information they're getting. Um when you sit down and talk to a person rationally, we see it all the time here at Blood Origins where someone comes at us and we're just like, whoa, hold on. And a lot of times we don't ever convert them to become hunters. That's not our goal. But a lot of times they're like, oh, OK, I think I understand. And uh, we, we're just going to have to fight that for for in perpetuity. Well, you're exactly right. If you go, if you go on those websites and you read some of that information, because I, I do spend a lot of time. I think knowledge is power, and you have to, you have to track that information down. Um, facts and actual biologically correct information does not exist on their websites at all. They tell the people what they want to hear, 
And so when I track that stuff down, no wonder they prefer their story because it's more fun. I prefer their story too. I I wish their stories were true, you know? So the fact that we're going to have to fight their stories is, is definitely true. And I think that's going to go on for probably the rest of our careers. And, and that's, that's just a fact, but it is, you know, the responsibility of wildlife managers to manage wildlife responsibly, to tell the public the facts of, of what's going on and whether or not they want to hear it does not bear, you know, on, on what they say at all. You still have to tell them what, what you have to tell them. And, and so that's why it makes it something that, that the public does not want to hear, I think, or at least based on my career in, in managing bears. That's why, you know, it was rare for me to be able to tell a member of the public what they wanted to hear. You know, oh, you know what? As a matter of fact, I can come set a trap in your yard. I can trap that bear and I'm going to take it to bear Disney World where it's going to live happily ever after for the rest of its life. Riding, you know, wonderful rides for the rest of its life because that's what they want to hear. That's what they believe because they saw a website about it just the other day on Facebook, you know. So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that, that you fight all the time. And I don't know the answer to it other than to just, you know, the truth will set you free. You just have to educate those people one at a time. (laughs) Talking about a little bit of truth, Brian and Alaska, did we have, did New Jersey have any um, depredation occurring by the Department of Nuisance Black Bears? Yep, absolutely. Um, Especially of um, the Category 1. So, uh, for instance... The bear that mauled the guy in his garage, that one was trapped and destroyed. The one that killed, or the ones that killed all of these dogs in West Milford this year. I think there's three of them. Those were all trapped and destroyed. Um, all the ones that were causing problems, knocking down people's corn to a certain degree. Um, and uh, the ones that were attacking goats, chickens, etc. Those were all trapped and destroyed. And then, frankly, northwestern New Jersey, where the where the bulk of the population is, there's as of five years ago, there was 3,500 bears in that, you know, 70 square mile area. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. There were um, more bears hit by cars than deer in that area. And New Jersey already has an exploding number of, um, of, of deer as well. So um, yeah, to say that there's uh, that, that bears were still being killed is absolutely right. To Maria's truth point then, Brian, isn't that information that would almost counter like, we don't want you killing bears. We're like, okay, we won't kill bears, but bears still are dying. Bears still are being killed. You didn't, Do you know that it's the, it's the mountain lion Californian example, right? X amount were killed by hunters. Now it's X plus Y being killed by contract killers, right? Yeah, and that and that's taking place here in Washington too, and they don't seem to care. It's done under the cover of darkness. There isn't a grip and grin photo to go with it. There isn't anything to go with it. That the Wildlife Society, that was the premise of the entire panel this last week was stop killing the large carnivores. They'll control the ungulate populations. When you ask them, what are you going to do when those predators out outgrow the uh, available prey source? and start butting heads with humans, so far it's been the government kills them at a cost, and they're wasted. 
but it's done under the cover of darkness. They can say the word rare. It rarely happens, rare attacks, rare whatever, and keep their PR scheme going, you know? And so people are like, well, if it only happens rarely and the hunters are out there every year killing these things, well, this is better. So it is fake news, but it's effective fake news. And it's propaganda and it works. And I'm glad you brought up the uh, the grip and grin photos because this is something that the Blood Origins podcast talks about a lot. Uh, is this idea of trophy hunting? Is it trophy hunting? Is it just hunting? Cody's great great debate on uh, on prefix hunting um, for the past few months, and it, you see that these anti hunting organizations are using this as a cudgel, calling it a calling it a trophy hunt. I mean, that's the whole premise of uh, Ray Lesniak's, a former very powerful state senator on the Democrat side who's leading the anti-hunting effort in New Jersey. He's actually suing the governor over this right now. Uh, so he will call it a trophy hunt to just say, hey, these people are putting this on their wall, yada, yada, yada. But that actually couldn't mathematically be further from the truth, both from a, both from a, you know, the, the paperwork behind the hunt, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to kill the first available bear that you see. Um, but also um, how they restructured the hunt. So you're not allowed to kill a bear under 75 pounds. Um, yeah, I saw that. Which they added a rule for. But also one of the main things that Ray Lesniak himself complained about all through his tenure of the legislature was that hunters were killing 90 pound cubs. <laughs> and you can't call it a trophy hunt and say these guys are killing trophy animals. Um, even though there are trophy animals, the world record was shot in New Jersey right before uh, the the outright ban. That bear was actually on my camera, RIP. Um, we called him the tank. Um, and so the, but they're, they're calling it a trophy hunt because it's a, they know it's a, it's a talking point that sounds good in their favor, but they, even they know it's not true. You know, it's interesting. The article that you sent me about today's vote, this is something I, I, you know, it's worth discussing here. It states here, and this is quoted by the former Sierra Club director. So today's vote will mean, will mean, um, this is so badly written. So today's vote means for hunting that they will open it for this year and the next seven years. This ties the hands of the next governor. Yes, it does. Um, I mean, the same way that Murphy's hands were tied. So actually a little bit of background. He came into office thinking that he could just shut down the bear hunt. Um, and he tried to shut it down overall. His uh, his attorney general told him he couldn't. They didn't end run around that by um, by some very shaky what we what SCI Sportsman's Alliance and NJOA called in a lawsuit um, arbitrary and capricious closure of the state lands in the state to hunting black bears. So that northwestern corner of the state, all of those wildlife management areas were closed um, to to hunting for bears only, um, not deer, not raccoons, not foxes, none of that stuff. Um, after two years of that, when the black bear policy expired, he didn't end run around that by figuring out that if he could refute, because of the lawsuit that we, that we initially filed, um, which the decision basically came back and said that we had to have an approved, as long as there was an approved policy, there could be a bear hunt and there's nothing the governor could do about it. Um, 
So he ordered his DEP commissioner, um, Sean Latourette, um, not to sign the new comprehensive bear management policy. This was last year. Mm-hmm. And but it was written. The biologist had written it. It was on the desk. It was good yep, to go. Approved by the Fish and Wildlife Council. Got to his desk. He he pocket vetoed it. The the DEP commissioner refused to sign it. Then they came back. They um they revoted on it as an emergency measure, um because of all of these attacks that started happening. The a a, a third record year in a row of Category One dangerous bear complaints, etc. Um they uh they put it back on his desk. He refused to. Um, refu- and he actually was quoted in the newspaper saying that he refused to endorse it as an emergency. And then here we are nine months later um, where they, they have a lot of egg on their face. I mean, Sean, Sean LaTourette especially looks like a smack ass in my opinion um, because everyone knew it was <laughs> Tell an us how you feel, Alaska. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Damn. He had, a, he had a really – Murphy had a really great DEP commissioner before – um, before Sean, Sean was a rubber stamp because he was frustrated with us over the constant lawsuits and the, and beating him in the press and, you know, just antagonizing him for, for five years on, over the subject. But here we are. Anyway. I mean, the governor saw sense before the DEP commissioner did. So, um, good on the governor for that. So Cody, how does the, uh, how does the black bear management plan that was pocket vetoed? How does that come back into the situation, or does it? So it really doesn't. Um, what happened was um, the Fish and Wildlife Council, I expect, took um, the recommendations that or the demands that Murphy said on his, you know, re- his public quote about and statement about reinstating the bear hunt, added those to the policy, revoted on it, which is what happened today, uh, and then that got approved, and now that's being signed by. Sean's office and the governor's office. And it looks like they'll have to resend the 2018 administrative order that made state lands off limits to hunting as well. Yes, they are resending that. So big wins across the board. Now we just yes. need Washington State to pull through on Friday. I was actually shocked because I've been not just like on the front lines of this issue, but covering the issue for the NRA's Hunters Leadership Forum for five years too. And I was just, I, I was floored by the, by the, by the decision, um, seemingly came out of nowhere as I understand it. You know, there was some nerves about, um, just the increase in black bear, um, complaints across the country, especially the Northeast. Um, you had the boy in Connecticut that got dragged off by a bear in his grandparents' backyard. You had the, the attack happened down in Maryland, um, where the woman and her dog were walking, um, and, um, I believe the dog got killed. Obviously, all the New Jersey ones, one down in Florida. So in the past six months, we've seen an explosion in bear complaints. And that's because, um, you know, of all the same things we've been talking about, <laughs> you know, like we told them. So, um, yeah, the the we've been telling them that these bears are um, are reproducing at twice the rate of other states that, um, you know, so two two cubs, two to four cubs every uh, every two years, as opposed to one to two cubs every two years, 80% of bears in New Jersey, um, survive to adulthood. There are no natural predators for bears in the state of New Jersey. Um, and then actually, even when there was a hunt, more bears were surviving, um, to adulthood every year than were killed in the hunt. So the population was growing at a, at a, at a much more sustainable level 
but still growing even when there was a hunt. When you killed that first on state lands by removing 40% of the huntable land in the northwestern corner of the state and then outright banning it. So you had four years of that. And I mean, I hate to say I told you so because it sounds really crass, but this is exactly what we've been saying is going to happen for five years now. Well, you're being on top of it. Keep up now. Exactly. Exactly. Well, certainly, Alaska, you've been on top of it. You've been in the trenches. Brian Lynn, you've been right there with them from a Sportsman's Alliance perspective. Um, I know we're getting close to the top of the hour, and a lot of us have uh, prior engagements or prior Zoom meetings that uh, are are going to be bearing down on us, and the, the pop-ups are already occurring saying, hey, you got another meeting in 10 minutes. Um, but let's do final thoughts. Um, and it can be about New Jersey or it could be about Washington State. That's just is, that's now looming. Um, but let me start with you, Maria. A, a better sit-in than Ben Cassidy, just to reiterate again. Um, Maria. Thank you so much. I have his cell number. Could you call him and tell him oh, that I will. for me? Don't worry. I will. <laughs> I, I, I used to be an optimist, and, and hopefully I will become optimistic again. So I appreciate that. I I hope that that happens. The societal issues, I don't know what the answers are, but I suspect that the table is going to get bigger because I agree. I think we're all going to have to sit at that table eventually and have that conversation that's going to be very difficult and ongoing for a very long time. And we're going to have to figure it out in order to carry bear hunting forward. And I think that um, we're going to face challenges that we don't even really foresee today quite honestly but but i think that their anti-bear hunting traction is growing and i hope that we are intelligent enough and flexible enough to be able to figure it out and move forward and be able to have those conversations and stay on top of it and 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 meet those challenges going forward quite honestly um, because i think those challenges are coming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian? Uh, kind of echo what Cody said is, uh, I hate to say I told you so, but uh, told you so. Uh, this, well, as the other Cody said, it kind of reaffirms the science, you know, and we can point to this and be like, the science matters. The science proves itself out. Why are you making this mistake? I hope Washington State heeds this as we go forward with this whole fight that we're having. I mean, it's a perfect example of it and it's, and how it doesn't work. This large predator protection movement that's taking place, wolves, grizzly bears, black bears, it bears it out. It, it, it's not theoretical. It proves it. And we have a hundred years of data and science showing how ours works and has worked, has caused the rebound of these populations and allows us to live side by side with a maximum threshold of populations across the dynamic from songbirds to large predators. Uh, and so we just need to stick with it, keep fighting and point out where it has failed, you know, and that ours has been successful and comes with a <laughs> funding mechanism. The other side doesn't have anything and doesn't have data or facts. They have a whole lot of social science that they're throwing at us which is, as was said, is a big question we're going to have to address and figure out and might be national campaigns or whatever. But uh, 
that is something we're going to have to figure out. But for right now, today, I'll take the victory in New Jersey, one I never thought would ever happen. I never thought I'd see a politician backtrack like this. Uh, so I'll take it and, and revel in it and uh, use it a little bit uh, going forward. Yep. Alaska? Yeah, um, I would just view this, as, especially if you're a land manager or if you're a, a you know an elected official who's trying to take a moral stance here in Washington state um, and you're supporting the anti-bear hunt efforts, you should take a look, take a good listen through this podcast, take a look at the articles that we'll be dropping in the, um, in the description section and understand that it is a, it is a fool's errand to stop bear hunting on these arbitrary and capricious grounds. Um, and that, you know, and that the proof is in the pudding one of the most anti-hunting governors in, in all of America, one who's not up for re-election, so he has no pressing. Um, this is not something that happened in October where, you know, a U.S. senator was um, was pressured into it um, because of imminent danger. This is, you know, this is a lame duck governor who's doing what's right uh, for, for, you know, for the citizens of his state because of the explosion. And I, and I don't say that capriciously, the explosion in negative and frankly dangerous tier one black bear complaints. So um, this, this should be a wake up call to the entire um, to the entire political establishment on, on why you should listen to the land managers who are, who are making these recommendations for you. Perfect. Cody Hutzmith. Yeah, I think, I think the thing that pops out in my mind is if you're a hunter in New Jersey or Washington state or California or really anywhere in the country and you're not supporting um, Sportsman's Alliance or the SCI Foundation, um, there, there's, there's this group of people out there, two of which, I'm not going to give Alaska too much credit. I think he just sounds smart and fishes a lot, but there's, there's <laughs> two of which are, are here. There, there's there's groups of people out there who it's their whole job to fight for these things and this is a win right they're 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 not only fighting they're winning in places and we've had some other wins in the last year um please support these groups i mean if if you can't if you can't send them a little bit of cash just uh just share their stuff on social media right just just go follow um the SCI Foundation and Sportsman's Alliance and 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 at least help them get the word out if you can't throw them a few dollars every month because the it's real it's real that people are making these just idiotic decisions um and like I said we're going to have to ride the wave we're going to have to fight them um and there's a group of people out there doing it so I don't know how it, it, if you're not supporting them, kind of shame on you. Get get going, do something. Go follow them on social media and just share their stuff to get the word out. If you can't, uh, if you can't throw them a little cash each month. And I second that because these lawsuits are not ex are not inexpensive. Um, they, I mean, nearly bankrupted NJOA. I know that for a fact. Be on the port. Um, and you know, so they're not cheap and that was split three ways between three organizations. So if your local state organization has to do it alone without the support of, of heavy hitters like SCI and sportsman's Alliance, then, I mean, these, these things are destined for failure because the, the tactic that's always going to be the favorite of anti-hunting attorneys, general and governors is to wait it out and rack up the legal fees, um, 
by forcing us to spend all of our money on lawyers. Well said, everyone. Um, Alaska, kudos to you pulling this all together, pulling us all together. Um, phenomenal discussion. Um, it's going to come out on on Monday, and um, which is obviously today if, as you listen to this. So, um, yeah, thank you so much, Maria. I know. Thank you, Cody. I know people. It's, he's phenomenal shaking his head explanation, you, right? There. Phenomenal explanation, Kroger. Well done, you have a doctorate and you just said something absolutely ludicrous. Um, <laughs> Maria, thank you. Brian, thank you. Alaska, thank you. Uh, again, echoing uh, Cody, we couldn't do this without you guys uh, fighting behind the scenes. And if there's anything we can do to help you, I know that we, we, we certainly are rowing in the same direction as you are. So thank you so much, guys. And um, yeah, big victory. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.